0: Civil discourse. To be honest, this was a newer phrase to me, which is maybe not so ironic, right? Because like civil discourse, the mutual sharing of views and dialogue has become anything but civil over the last few years. It seems we've really quickly gone from like a couple topics to steer clear of to now a field full of landmines, making it nearly impossible to not like step on something that might explode, getting you canceled. As Christians, we do have a responsibility to get along with others in a way that honors God, even when it's not easy. Thankfully, Lisa Anderson, the director of the Young Adults Ministry for Focus on the Family, is on the podcast today to help us navigate and find stability in today's culture. Believe it or not, it is possible to get along with and even be friends with those that hold completely different views from your own. I think you'll walk away today with some really insightful tools that help you disarm this loaded topic. We hope you enjoy this conversation with Lisa Anderson.
1: Well, Lisa, welcome back to the morning conversation.
2: Stan, it's great to be here.
1: All right. So, here's the understatement for this morning <laughs> we live in a challenging time right now. <laughs> yep, understatement. Cannot overstate that case. So, <laughs> what topic do you wanna talk about, right? As far as the challenge of it. But uh, this morning particularly, we uh, saw an email that came in through Focus on the Family and they talked about uh, how you were willing to come on and have a conversation about resuscinating civil discourse. And we thought Mm -hmm. that is extremely timely. Out out of one of the stressors in our culture today, uh, one of the challenges is this whole area of, can we talk with each other? in a helpful, healthy way? And the answer right now yeah. seems to be no. So to start the the conversation off, um, let's cause I know why you wrote it, cause it's so relevant, but let's talk about uh, just a definition. When you talk about, when you, when you think about a civil discourse, how would you define that?
2: Yeah, well, and Stan, I wanna start by saying that the whole reason I wanna talk about this is that I'm doing fine, it's everyone else that has the problem, okay? <laughs> Everyone else is mean-spirited and uncivil, and I'm yeah. the only one out there saying anything with grace and love. So, okay, let's just get that straight. Okay, so really we understand, I mean, anyone can, can say, as you have sat around, whether it's a small group, whether it's in a PTA club, whether it's in, at your dinner table, you cannot have conversations. I mean, the minute anything comes up around politics, uh, maybe issues of faith or doctrine, the vaccine, the pandemic in general, school choice, you know, pick your topic and you know that some people are going to get heated. Hmm. And it used to be the whole reason I did this is obviously, you know, that with boundless that focus on the family, I work primarily with young adults and we have gotten super worked up about this because especially coming out of the election, a lot in my audience were just like Lisa what is going on here? Why Hmm. can't, I don't even know, do I need to get off of social media together? I can't, altogether, I can't even have a conversation with my own parents about some topics. Um, And so there was just a lot of angst and consternation. And so if you think, I like to put it generationally, Stan, that if you think of like, you know, there are pros and cons to being in an older generation or a younger generation. Our older folks listening remember a time when most people kind of thought the way that they do, okay? (laughs) Everyone was kind of on the same page. We all loved God. We all loved our country. We all kind of just wanted to be good citizens. And now they're upset because no one else wants to be, just they do. Why aren't we preserving this great nation? What's happened? Why are all these young people running amok (laughs) and Mm. all of that? Now, younger generations, they have not necessarily grown up having an understanding of how to have real conversations. You know, I like to tell my 20-somethings, you guys, people used to borrow sugar from their neighbor. You used to actually talk to your neighbor as you mowed the lawn. You didn't just text them or see them on social. And so there's a lot of disconnects there. So when we're talking about civil discourse, we're talking about can you enter into a conversation, not that you're going after conversations that are deliberately contentious, but can you share opinions and reasonably disagree or share differing perspectives without people losing collectively their minds, their faith, and every friend that they ever
1: had. Hmm. You mentioned a moment ago, it used to be said, and maybe I'm dating myself because some younger people might go, I don't remember that saying, <laughs> but there, there was this saying, it's been around for a long time, to you should never talk about politics or religion, right? That, that, was, that used to be the two. Well, you know, clearly that statement comes from uh, just wanting to avoid the debates that could get heated like you were talking about a few moments ago. Well, it's no longer just politics and religion anymore. It's like you listed some earlier. It's religion, politics, education, vaccines, masks, you know, borders, education, Mm -hmm. race, like you name it, there's all this whole list that we'd have to avoid. But uh, so as you think about it, I guess, how did we get here? Like, how did we get to this place where there's so much divisiveness and so much inability to have a civil conversation about so many topics? How did we move from two topics to like 50 topics that we that you can't touch?
2: Yeah. Well, there are a couple of reasons. One is the entire world has opened up to us. So you think several generations ago, I mean, I think even talking to my grandparents, remembering this conversation, they just kind of dealt with life in their city Hmm. like in their neighborhood what was going on in their business they weren't all in everyone else's business okay but now the whole world is open to us we have access to the opinions and the positions of everyone around us and so we are feeling obligated to take in all this information and do something with it the the in tandem to that we also are in a, a place where uh, because of digital technology, because of social media, we have the opportunity to kind of um, sequester ourselves into tribes. So as a result, I could put, I could go onto my Facebook page right now and put my position on every issue I could think mm. of, and I just, and then someone can go on there and make a snap judgment about me based on my slate of opinions, and they could choose based on those opinions to never speak to me again. And so this is where I'm thinking like. You think back generations ago, you could actually get to know someone in real time in real space without ever knowing how they voted, what their doctrinal positions are on stuff. And all of a sudden you end up liking this person. And then you find out down the road, Oh my goodness, they voted differently than I did, but we're kind of friends and we share tools and, you know, we kind of (laughs) whatever. So I guess maybe I'll hear them out. Whereas now we're just giving hot takes on everything without considering the person behind the opinion. And that's really why we're in such a mess that in coupled with only one more thing I'll say here, the fact that we are feeling obligated to have an opinion on everything Mm -hmm. nowadays like Stan what in the world this is where i tell my audience you guys need to just remain silent okay i mean the fact that you know this is like i i mentioned before we started taping i have a liberal arts degree stan no one should be coming to me for my opinion on the on the covid vaccine okay right. but they do like like i'm going to share something so groundbreaking that it's going to change their mind on this issue okay but people ask me for my opinion likewise No one should care for my opinion on mom jeans or Crocs or, you know, lesser issues that they think that, oh, culturally, I better have a hot take on. No, there are some things I have opinions on. There are some things that maybe I'm undecided on. And there are some things that maybe I have opinions on, but I don't have to share it. And so this this idea that we're feeling obligated to have a thought about everything and and feel the need to share it, that's kind of gotten us in this hot water.
3: God is always at work among us.
2: When Nadeem
0: in South Asia graduated college, he was looking to establish a career. So the perfect time to meet a trainer with Activate Global, My Bridge to the Nations, who equipped Nadeem with tools and training to be a business owner, starting a kingdom business, making dresses. He's hired a small team and sells the dresses they make at a local wholesale market. The income from his business provides for him financially right out of college and being self-employed has allowed Nadim margin to serve in his house church and assist with church planting and disciple making training. With the financial stability and relational rapport established through his business, Nadeem hopes to help raise up the next generation of church planters to bring the gospel to nearby unreached communities for years to come. Where there are people unreached, in a place so hard to reach, few have been reached, and very few are trying. God is on the move through Activate Global, My Bridge to the Nations, which is sending workers through kingdom businesses.
3: My Bridge Radio, celebrating God at work among us. Share your story and join the conversation in the Connect Now section at mybridgeradio.net. So this question
1: kind of came up in my mind, pulling from, I think, an old, old, old play Uh, to share or not to share. That (laughs) is the question. Right. Okay. So you you were mentioning a little, a few moments ago about uh, sometimes we don't need to share. Like we just keep your opinion to yourself. Like, right. Uh, And sometimes you don't even have to form an opinion in, in places, but, but so when to share, when not to share, what perspective would you give?
2: Yeah. So I would first of all say that, you know, we know that for believers in Jesus Christ, there are some things that we don't have to worry about debate about. They are, there are absolutes in God's word that we can stand by and that we can testify to without feeling like we may or may not be wrong. Hmm. Okay. So when it comes to biblical absolutes, biblical truth, we are called to share the reason that the hope is within us. You know, we are called to stand for truth in the public square, but it, it matters how we choose to do that. And and when we go after it, who we have this conversation with. So there are some things that absolutely we are called to take a stand on. You know, we know it. Focus on the Family, we are constantly taking a stand for the pre-born, for those who cannot speak for themselves, we're very involved in, you know, whether it's foster care and the, you know, other disenfranchised folks who, who don't have a voice, that is something that is very near to the heart of God, and we need to be part of that conversation. But other things, um, in fact, it's funny you mentioned this, because I have done... This uh, I've done this topic stand as a talk at a couple different conferences and even around focus, and I start off my session with a ten question questionnaire that are yes or no answers on very contentious issues, and everyone has to state their position. Then everyone trades papers in the room, and I read through these statements again. And the person, you know, whoever paper you're holding, you stand for every true that is on your sheet and the looks of shock and dismay and whatever permeating through the room when these i mean you think of this happening at focus on the family um i work with these people how could they differ from me on an opinion and just you know for context we're talking about i put one on about the election i put one on about guns i put one on about the vaccine i put mm. you know so they're all contentious issues but they're none of them are biblical absolutes they're all things on which reasonable christians could disagree and yet You can see people's blood pressure just rising like, oh, my goodness, how could I sit in a cubicle next to them? And this is their opinion on gun laws. You've got to be kidding me. Of course, it's all done anonymously. So we don't know who's who, which is also crazy making for people because they want to call people out. But um, but again, it's like it's knowing when to speak, when not to speak. And another great thing, you know, again, we're we're mired because of the social media dilemma we're mired in having to make these decisions every day. Mm -hmm. So one thing I love to use, and I share this with others too, and you may have seen it around uh, on social or elsewhere, it's been attributed to everyone from Socrates to Buddha. I personally got it from Toby Mac, okay? (laughs) So here, (laughs) here it is. It's just a quick little filter and it's three questions. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? If we put everything that we want to talk about through that filter, because there are many things that we want to talk about that are absolutely true, our opinion on them is probably right. And it might be something that's even necessary to share. It might be something that we have information on that we should be sharing. But if we can't do it kindly, we're out of the conversation we need to be done. It's not our time. It's not our place. Likewise, a lot of people are very good at being kind about things, but they're just sharing information that's completely erroneous or, or they're being soft on issues that matter. And so we have to really make sure that when we're going to share something, when we're going to share an opinion, talk through something, all three of those questions are answered in the affirmative. Hmm, so
1: good. I'd be curious. I want to share a perspective that I hold. And then you, I'd love for you to interact about it, about it from your perspective. You know, because right. th- you were talking earlier about uh, social media and people kind of throwing opinions out there. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I kind of hold to is if I can't have a conversation with a person about it, I'm not willing just to put a blurb out there of, I wouldn't honestly, it's, don't, I'm not a heretic. <laughs> like I, I love Jesus, but I don't know that I would just post on my you know, webpage uh that I'm a Christian. Depending on which like, okay. I'm like, okay, what do you mean? That might sound kind of funny, but like you have people that go, well, "So are you a Christian stand? Okay, what do you mean by a Christian?" Right. Like I want to have a conversation with you about it, right? So cuz there's people in the world that if you say the word Christian, they have a stereotype type that isn't accurate a biblically or, for me, experientially accurate about really what a Christian is. So just to kind of throw out labels and words and phrases on the internet that we don't have an opportunity to have a conversation about to see if we are meaning the same thing and coming to an understanding with each other. Uh, I just don't do that. So, but I, don't, I guess I'd love your perspective on that.
2: No, I think that's great. And I think, first of all, a little caveat to that, what you talked about just there also brings up another issue and that is just sheer amount of time spent sharing opinions on social media. I mean, if we actually sat down, as you would love to do, Stan, and have real conversations with real people in our communities, we would probably be taking over our communities for Christ at this point. Mm -hmm. But instead, we're spending hours trolling through random memes and blog posts and opinions and status updates and acting like that's going to change anyone's mind or we're going to have, you know, if I just share this very witty meme, I'm sure, (laughs) you know, 500 people will change their opinion on this issue. I mean, it's just nuts. It's crazy making. And so so to your point, yes, there are definite... Trigger words, trigger terms that I think Christians should tread carefully on, you know, and they sometimes it is Christian, or more more specifically, evangelical, evangelical. using yeah, the term absolutely. evangelical. Or if they say, Well, I'm conservative, what does that mean? What you know, you're you're fiscally conservative, you're socially, <laughs> you're both, you're you're just a, a right-wing weirdo. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it could bring a lot of connotations. So I think um. I always do that very carefully as well. And there are some things where I'll i will I'll, I'll go after something. I will have, I have a number of friends even from high school on social media that I will take conversations offline with them. And uh, they've actually been very fruitful, mm-hmm. but I will never debate publicly on yeah. my page. I will never allow people to troll my page mm-hmm. or beat dead horses. Um, and that's my personal page, as well as what we do at Boundless. It's just, it's fruitless and it doesn't get anyone anywhere. And it doesn't glorify God in the way that the conversations are happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and let me be clear. <laughs> I do say, and I would put publicly, and I have put publicly, I love Jesus, right? Well, I'm a, I, I was going to have to start witnessing <laughs> to you, Shannon, so now I'm glad you Yes, I'm I will proclaim that I follow Jesus, I love Jesus, I believe the Bible, like, I'll state facts like that, but anyway. So, <laughs> so, Lisa, you know, it's one thing for us to see things in the culture, it's another thing for us to see things in the church. So, like, it's not surprising to see the massive conflict and all the fallout in our fallen world. Uh, but, what have you seen regarding the church, the people of God in this area of civil discourse? What grade would you give us?
2: Huh. Um, I would give us, I would probably say overall, I would give us a solid C minus at this point, Stan, um, it's unfortunate, but this kind of, this thing gets me worked up. Okay. Because, well, let's, let's be honest. You know, I started off by only half jokingly say that I'm doing this all right and everyone else is doing it wrong. When I, um, when I did this talk at my own church and it was, uh, during the summer at an outdoor, we were doing the summer series of lectures and, and I was one of the folks I saw walk onto the lawn three of my most egregious social media offenders. And of course, I thought to myself, oh, well, good thing they're here because they're going to hear an earful from me and they better pay attention because they're the worst, you know, and I immediately start making judgments about them. But you think, Stan, and we can all hear this. This is why some people had to shut off their social media accounts around the election. I saw fellow believers. And I'm talking about coworkers. I'm talking about people in my church. I'm talking about people that have been mentors to me, calling other Christians, morons, idiots, Mm. questioning their intellect, questioning their their, um, motives in things, questioning their values, questioning their very faith, stand over issues that really are not biblical absolutes. And so This is where I think that we have done ourselves and the cause of Christ a huge disservice by choosing to lead with our emotions and going out there with guns blazing and feeling like we are crusaders for something that we don't need to be crusaders for. And rather than having a posture of listening and a posture of, you know, tell me everyone, you know, you could start a conversation with anyone by just saying, you know, tell me how you came to that conclusion it just opens the door wide open for someone to start telling their own story. Sometimes you'll find out that someone believes something because of something in their childhood or an effect that something in particular had on them. And so I think Christians, you know, we're we're very good at quoting Bible verses, but when it comes to something that we're very emotionally tied to, that goes out the window and all of a sudden it's everyone else's problem. And so I think that we could certainly lead the way in uh, in being civil on all things, you know, and having these conversations in a way that really, you know, makes sense and and shows the value of other people. One, um, you know, I mean, for, you know, just a, a tip here, Stan, we Christians, we need to just start consistently reading through the book of Proverbs. It is a wealth of information on how to behave wisely, and not just behave like perform, but how to really infuse our lives, our speech, our conduct with godly wisdom. Um, one I like leading off with is Proverbs 29 11, that says a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Like that's something we could just take to the bank and just, you know, that could cause, that should cause at least fully half of us to just stay silent for the next four hours. <laughs> so there's just a wealth of wisdom in there um, that we could glean from.
3: There are people unreached.
2: In places so hard to reach.
3: Few have been reached.
2: Few have been
3: reached. How could we forget? In Nebraska, we have Bibles that abound, churches on our corners, and Christians in every neighborhood. That is not
2: true everywhere. There are places overseas where people have never met a Christian, held a Bible, seen a church, or heard the name of Jesus. Those who don't know
3: or just don't know you. Yeah. Harvest is plentiful. is plentiful. Let's harvest this field from sunrise to sunset. Activate Global, My Bridge to the Nations. Find out more at mybridgeradio.net.
1: You know, Lisa, as we're talking this morning, uh, and, you know, we're, we've just kind of segued into talking about how the church is doing, right? How, how are the people of God doing? in this area of civil discourse, the ability to enter into and have healthy conversations with people that we don't agree with or who and who don't agree with us. And I, I, th- I thought, you know, there's this, what gets kind of added from the believing community is our depth of our belief and faith in the inerrant word of God, right? So then talk about posturing ourselves as right, and if we're not careful we act like our right gives us the right right all right just mm-hmm. because we're right just because we could be right we're probably like and if we're talking about scripture we are right but that doesn't give us the right to be rude to be judgmental to be condemning to be harsh to be unkind unloving right yeah but uh so i guess i'd love to hear your perspective on how our biblical conviction can complicate the issue of civil discourse if we're not careful
2: It can, because we'll often see, you know, rather than taking truth and grace in tandem, we just see truth at all costs. And so that's where it's like, well, I don't really know how to say this rightly or kindly, but it has to be said. So I'm just going to say it. So one great example of this that we we probably can all resonate with in our culture as Christians is anything around um, the LGBT conversation. So here, for example, Stan, I have a number of gay and lesbian friends. I mentioned some friends from high school. I have several friends here in town where I am. And one in particular I've had this conversation with and my strategy with her and really with all my friends in this this way. She comes from a a Christian background and uh, decided basically to marry her partner. They now have a little boy who's adorable. And so when she came out to me as a lesbian, Stan, um, our conversation went, basically, she had to explain to herself, having been a self-described Christian, that she had pretty much um, explained away most of God's word on this issue. And she actually said to me, you know, Lisa, I still struggle with Romans one, she said, but everything else I've been able to explain away. And in that conversation, I was able to say to her, well, you know, my dear friend, what I believe as far as what scripture says. And she says, I know. And I said, well, I I want you to know that I can't, I, I take God's word as absolute. That's not even my option. It's not even my, I I don't have the, the luxury of changing that because God has declared what God has declared. And I absolutely believe that and stand by that. However, would you be up for doing dinner tonight? And I want to catch up on your life. I want to find out what's going on. I want to see what, you know, how how are your parents doing? I mean, this, this is a girl who was my roommate for a while back in in the day. Um, We were dear, dear, and are dear friends still. And that ability, Stan, to state my case, she knows exactly where I stand. She knows exactly that I'm not giving ground on this. But because I stated it once, and once in a while, we'll get into it again, and we'll, you know, she'll check in with me. Are you still believing the Bible? Um, <laughs> but I, I have the luxury of backfilling everything with love now and being like, I don't need to come out at her every time and be like, uh, do you remember what Romans says? Do you remember what God says about male and female? She knows. I don't need to keep saying that. What I need to keep saying is that The truth of God's word has sustained me. It is my beacon. I know it is true. This is why it, this is why it has, it limits my own choices. This is what God's word does for me. It is transformational but you are my friend. You are made in the image of God. You are loved by others. You are loved by me as your friend. And we have had the opportunity to be in relationship and have great conversations as a result, because I don't make that the main issue. I don't, I don't feel, you know, stand my backgrounds in, in PR. I don't, Jesus doesn't need me to be his PR person. Okay. He can handle his own truth. He can handle himself. He knows, he, you know, he, he knows that his word is pretty much ironclad and it's not going to, no one's going to find loopholes. Okay. So I don't have to do that work for him. I just have to be uh, be true to God's word and to love other people with the love that God has given me. And that's a great starting point for anyone. Yeah.
1: I think of the verse, uh, the verses, uh, Lisa, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 24, right? It says, the Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but yes. kind to all able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are not in opposition, if perhaps God, not you, God, might grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And they come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will.
2: Right? Absolutely. And so it's a
1: great, uh, great scripture there.
2: Well, and another one I love to use is, I mean, again, the whole, the whole first chapter of James, Stan, I mean, let's just all read it uh, now in the next week. Um, one of the verses I love, 19 and 20, says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And then I love that it continues on, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God you know, let's let God be angry about stuff because he's the only one that can do it perfectly. The rest of us get too messed up and our own motives get in there and our own uh, biases and stuff like that. So um, God can defend his name. He can defend his glory. Uh, we definitely speak what we know he has said, but we we love each other as fellow sinners who are finding grace along the way.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, Lisa, as I think about again, uh, again, and thank you for your time today. It's was such a blessing. I could, every time we talk, I could talk all day with you, but, uh, <laughs> oh. uh, so the, as, as I can kind of close a closing thought and interaction here, you know, as I think about what we're talking about this morning, about this whole reality of civil discourse and how we've kind of ended here in terms of how, how's that being played out in, in the church? And again, I agree with you. You said earlier, you give us, you give the, People have got about a C minus, right? We're not always <laughs> yeah. doing well. And I've talked to a number of pastors across the state, state, and they, I mean, they're still struggling with it in their congregations. The amount of divisiveness over things. Um, but man, what an opportunity to be light, right? Light shines in the darkness, and uh, with all the divisiveness in the world, man, if we could embrace. You know, the call of God, the spirit of God, the love of God that he's poured out in our hearts and really be a, a, a people uh, of love <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and truth. Yes, but love. Man, what an opportunity we have in the culture that we're in that's so dark in terms of divisiveness to be a beacon of light if we will be different.
2: Well, and we know, Stan, that one of the hallmarks of believers, one of the things that, you know, Jesus says, you will know, or the world is going to know that we are Christians by our love, even for other believers. And if we can't even do that, well, I mean, that's where I'm like, let's get out of our tribes. Let's stop sitting with only the people who agree exactly with us. Let's have our neighbor over for dinner, play some board games, people. You don't have to just be talking about what's in the news all the time. You know, go for a hike with someone, go for a walk with someone, grab your dogs, go on a walk together, just catch up, find out how people are doing. I remember one of my neighbors, I was by the mailboxes in my neighborhood and he saw me, and this was not long after my mom died, and you know that she lived with me the last few years of her life and had dementia. And, you know, here I thought he was going to come up and just say some kind of pleasantries. And he's like, Lisa, I want to talk to you sometime because I know your mom passed away. And it's just so weird to me, like the peace that you had around that situation and how you've just been able to to really move on and, and approach all of that with peace. And I'm like, I, that just came out of nowhere, Stan. I'm like, I don't even know what I was doing. I, I feel like I'm never feeling peaceful, you know, but somehow he saw that and that's entirely the spirit's work. And I had the chance to say, absolutely. Let's grab some coffee and sit down and talk about that. And, you know, the Holy spirit in us is going to do his work. If we're just willing to go out and be salt and light and love our brothers and sisters and love those in our sphere. We don't have to love the people all the way across the world and be in conversations with them. God has put people right in front of us where we are to love them care for them meet their needs and that's where we should start
1: so good what a way to integrate conversation lisa just thinking about that verse they will know we are christians christ followers by our love so thanks sis thanks for being with us this morning
2: absolutely thanks so much all right are you ready
0: ready to take on the world (laughs) Just kidding, almost the exact opposite, right? But in the best way. Who else had to check themselves a little bit when she read Proverbs 29, 11? A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. I know, me too. (laughs) I have the longest list of notes from this episode, but I think to boil it all down, she's teaching us how to be better listeners, right? Like just because we have an opinion or a thought on something doesn't mean we have to share it. We're all people loved by God talking to other people who are also loved by God. Personally, I try to have a focus or a challenge or something for the month, and so many are coming to mind from this episode, like maybe reading through all the Proverbs or sitting out on social media for a little while, or how about this one? If you're getting ready to meet someone new, don't stalk them on social media first. We would love to know your takeaways from this episode and what you're going to challenge yourself with. Reach out to us via email or our shout out feature on the app or find us on MyBridge Radio on Facebook or Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And as always, to hear more from MyBridge, tune into your local MyBridge Radio station, listen online with our app at home through your smart speaker or on MyBridgeRadio.net. Thanks for listening.